Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And Justin is traveling on an airplane today. He's flying back from California. Justin. It's hard because we switch the times and days we do Mm -hmm. our show, so it's hard for him to keep track. It's not like it's been the same for years and years. 15 years, years. yeah. Yeah, so it's tough to schedule around, so it's understandable. Uh, To be fair, to be fair, sometimes we did it at 8 p.m., Sometimes we did it at 7.30 p.m. Now we do it at 7 p.m. for the past year or so. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, to be fair, he's, he's literally working. It's his job. And he sure. has to, you know. Well, listen, I am very excited that we're doing this at 7 p.m. tonight. Because, of course, as everybody knows, this is the debate, the official presidential debate pre-show. What? What we're going to be getting into it. We're going to no, be talking what? about all the issues. Let's kick it off talking about health care. What's your take, Pete? I want to hear oh, you. my God. I, I was hoping you were going to say Hellblazer and not healthcare. <laughs> What's the difference? Oh, hey! John Constantine, please save us. <laughs> I'd vote for him. I mean, yeah. he's English, so he couldn't run. Yeah, but He can't, yeah. But it's fine. He'd probably bring back smoking in public places, let's be honest. Well, I mean, real uh, realistically, you know, it's, there's other things going on tonight as well. It's not just, you know, that. You know, it's a- Mike Bedecki says that means you guys would have to release your tax returns. I'll tell you what, I definitely paid more than $750. Yeah, you, I got no, so, problem. no problem after that asshole. That's fine. Well, listen, uh, we have, from political animals to other animals, we have some great guests for you all tonight. Uh, Totally coincidentally, two animal-themed Kickstarters uh, are going to... And that's why you have uh, two uh, owls fucking in the background, right? What are you talking about? you got two owls just getting it on behind you. They're not fucking in the background, buddy. It seems like maybe they're slow fucking. Oh. All right. Uh... (laughs) Well, they're in love with that, I guess. Uh, We're going to invite the first uh, bunch of guests. I believe they're on the same stream, though. We'll certainly find out in a second. Uh, Christina Roswell and Alec McLeod are the creators of Woodland Creatures. Hello! Uh, Welcome to the stream. Uh, For video reasons, let's have both of you just shove your heads together so everybody can see you. (laughs) There we go. Oh, Oh, no. Heads, Alvin. So, first of all, I got to thank both of you for two reasons for coming on the stream beyond the fact that of course we're excited to have you here uh first of all you're in the uk so it's midnight your time right now yeah, yeah. and second of all it is like the final hours of your kickstarter that you're jumping on the stream here 
Yeah, we have how many hours left? It's like 44 hours left or something like that now. Wow. Yeah, we're literally getting it down to the wire. 42 hours left. 42 <laughs> hours. Wow, it's going fast. Two hours just went by like that. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, we're, we're having a great time chatting, so it's all good. Uh, thank you again, both of you, for coming on. Uh, in case anybody missed the title of the book in my talking about time zones and things, Woodland Creatures is the name. This is the second volume. It's on Kickstarter right now. And I believe you're successful, right? You've passed your goal. Yep. Obviously, you're going to want some more, uh, but you just passed it. So the project's going to get done. That's going to yep. feel good, right? Uh, amazing. <laughs> it's such a relief. Um, so this is our second Kickstarter that we did. Uh, we did volume one last year. And volume one, we pl- we completed the campaign with four days left. This wow. time, we were successfully funded inside of four days. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. It means it's been a little bit more relaxing this time around. We haven't had as much stress. For you. <laughs> <laughs> the look oh. that you just got was really yeah, impressive. Yeah, because just sits and waits to see the places coming. I'm just, I'm promoting all 24 hours, pretty much. Yes, yes, but the difference is that if we go four hours without a pledge coming in, it's it's not the end of the world. We're already successfully funded. For you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so uh, let's actually talk about this for uh, people who aren't familiar with the project. What are your specific jobs on Woodland Creatures, and how do you work together on it? (laughs) So... This lady here is the creator and chief editor. So she wrote the original paperback novel, which is based on. Uh, I'm her partner, and I'm dragged in on the PR side. He loves talking so much. <laughs> I love writing. He loves talking. So perfect match. Oh, <laughs> a perfect nice. match. Uh, like, now my day-to-day job is I work in the tourism industry. So oh, okay. I talk to people from nine till five. <laughs> so Christina basically decided, well, you do it for a job anyway. You could do it on every time. So. A little bit more talking. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you're a chef, right? And every, you get home at the end of a long day in the kitchen, they're like, make me dinner. And make it amazing. Yeah. And Woodland Creatures itself, so as mentioned, entering the second volume, it's... You're going to describe it better than I am, but it's kind of like a, a werewolf, supernatural, romance, thriller, all of those elements. What's the specific yeah. pitch for the book? So, um, yeah. So we <laughs> we actually recently thought up of another cool description of it, which I think is brilliant. It's basically what is Red Riding Hood if she was a sociopath mind linked to a wolf. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, So basically, our story is around um, it's a werewolf story, but not as people know werewolves. So instead of being the very typical person turning into wolf on the full moon, which let's face it, has been done to absolute bloody death by now, uh, we have a person with a wolf soulmate, and they are able to mentally transfer their consciousness to take control of the wolf that way. So our story revolves around two key characters. We've got Callie and Christopher. Callie is uh, the sociopath of Ed Riding Hood. Um, She is basically... It's a good way to describe her. Yeah, she's just absolutely, honestly, batshit insane. It's about the only way I can describe her. 
And she likes nothing better than going out and hunting humans. That's, right. that's She's very thing. in touch with her wolf side. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, alongside her, you've got Christopher. Now, Christopher's a few years older than her, uh, so his maturity does shine through a lot in, in the novel. Um, but he's a military veteran, and he's come out of the army suffering from PTSD. Um, so he's pretty much tired now of constantly cleaning up after Callie and <laughs> trying to keep everything safe. So our story is how do these two characters deal with their own individual problems? How do they deal with the explosive relationship, which is them being together? And then are they able to put those problems to one side when the top brass of the U.S. military find out about these werewolves and decides they want to weaponize them? Well, so coming into the second volume here, what do you think you learned from having that first successful Kickstarter, which... Clearly, you applied, uh, I would say, in the right way if uh, basically those numbers were reversed from four days left to yep. doing it in four days. So, so what was the big lesson? What was the big takeaway from the first round to the second? Uh, well, on the, first, on the first Kickstarter, we had all the promotion that we were able to do on Comic-Cons. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this year, we didn't have that. <laughs> so I was, well, we were a bit scared that it, was going, it wasn't going to be successful. In fact, it was meant to be and launch on May, in May, but I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if, if I should just wait or not, so I decided to wait. Um, but basically, I didn't know if, without the promotion of Comic-Cons, we were going to manage it. So basically, I learned that promotion online is very, very, very important, and that you pretty much have to be everywhere you can. So I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and everywhere. And WhatsApp as well, if you want. <laughs> so I'm everywhere. And i just been building the, I mean, the community that I already started building with Volume 1, I just kept building onto it and just updating pre- people through the updates from the first Kickstarter. And then just promotion, promotion, and more promotion everywhere. I mean, you probably ask someone, they are fed up with wool and critters by now. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I think it worked because people know about us and they have gone and backed the project. So that's the lesson. You just need to promote the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, I, I got to say, we got to read a, a little bit in advance and uh, volume two. And this is very much in my wheelhouse of things that I love. It's black and white. It's about mm-hmm. wolves. There's a yep. ton of action. Um, <laughs> I really, really love this book. I really thought it was amazing. The storytelling, the art, uh, I was very impressed. The story really moves. Um, you know, I, I was a little disappointed at how dicks the Americans were, but it was kind of typical American. <laughs> movie, so, you know, but man, what a, 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 a great story. And the art really delivers it in such a great way. Yep. And it really kind of sucks you into this world. I was really impressed. Yeah, the thing, we're incredibly lucky with our artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working with an Argentinian gentleman by the name of Thomas Ira, uh, who's worked for the likes of Dark Horse mm-hmm. as well. He's a, he's a well-known name. And the skill which he's able to translate to our comic is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, every page which he sends through to us takes our breath, our breath away. We look at it and just go... 
oh my God, I can't believe this is actually... <laughs> every page seems to be better than the last one. And every page we get, we go, he can't beat this. This is the best one. He can't get better than this. And then, and then he, he does. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're so lucky. And I think something which you touched on there, which we found to be almost a little bit divisive, is the fact that we've gone for a black and white comic. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people we've had say that they would really like it in color, mm-hmm. but I don't think our I don't think our story works in comic in color. I think the the black and white, yeah. uh, especially with the color, it would attract too much. Yeah, especially with the wolves and the and the and the fur and the way that the like color is also like how dark and light it, it's really great. It's, yeah, the shading and it helps with the action, especially when they're in the woods and stuff. It's yeah. really amazing. Yeah, um, I'm glad you stood by that and didn't let <laughs> people tell you that. Oh, you know, it make this better if it was in color. No. Yeah. yeah. So certainly, we didn't actually get Thomas to color a couple pages for us just to just to compare. Mm-hmm. And the coloring was nice, but it detracted from the story. Yeah. You know, when, when you had the colors, they were nice and vibrant, but suddenly it wasn't as impactful as it was in black and white. So, yeah, I think we took the, the slightly obscure route and decided to go for the black and white. Well, yeah, the tone of it really helps with the story. It's, yeah. it's yeah. great. Uh, one thing that I think uh, make, is tricky about a Kickstarter that makes its goal with a couple of days left is people are like, great, they're done. They're good. But obviously you're not done. You still have a ways to go. Yeah. Um, for anybody who might be thinking about still doing the Kickstarter, uh, what can they look forward to? What are the different levels? What might they be interested in? And what's the idea of the project going forward? Well, it's actually good that you said that because – uh, this is a little shout out to the people watching. We are at the moment uh, literally 15 pounds away from unlocking our third stretch goal. Mm, so, wow. uh, if people want to help us unlock that third stretch goal, come on and come on and pledge. <laughs> um, so we do obviously have the different tiers and rewards that we have for our comic. And um, we've got things like just the PDF version of volume two, if that's all you're interested in. Um, and it goes all the way up to actually be mentioned as a producer in the, in the printed copy. And you'll get two copies of volume two, one printed copy of volume one, three art prints with the stretch goals. It's now a magnet as well. Um, and extra pages. And if this third stretch goal is unlocked, it'll be a unique zipper pool. As well, so something which you can pop in your bag with a nice with a nice picture of one of our wolves on it. Cool. Um, so yeah, there's lots of different tiers, and basically whatever people want from from the rewards, we kind of got something there, and you know we can tailor them to what people would like as well. So if people are wanting a couple of our unique prints that we've got, that's an option there as well. Uh, we got a question here in the comments that I'm not quite sure I get, uh, but for, I'll ask anyway. Mike Bedeke says, are the weaponized werewolves effective against drones? <laughs> um, it's not something that they're going to come up against. But, <laughs> I mean, the whole, the whole thing that these weaponized wolves are for is um, a different style of technology. So it's... Uh, Honestly, to quote Jurassic World, ah, that, yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> that, when aren't we? That that scene where um, 
Oh god, I can't remember the bad guy's name. Not Doctor Wu, the big fat guy. No, in Jurassic World. Oh, Jurassic World. World. Okay. And um, when he says that, as the moment a, a real war breaks out, all this fancy tech is going to go dark. Um, it's kind of the same, but the government's looking for ways of having creatures on the ground that aren't reliant on technology. So it's unlikely that they'll ever come up against drones, but they're wolves. So got to be honest, I don't think I take any the wolf. surveillance drone stands a chance against them unless it gets <laughs> up high. <laughs> uh, at this point, I know it's a little early, but do you have any plans for Woodland Creatures Volume 3? Yes. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Not early yeah. then, actually. Yeah, that's, it was always our plan. So our idea was to do three volumes of a complete story. So it's based on a printed works by Christina. Christina's already written a novel. We've got it in print mm-hmm. now. Um, and we wanted the whole story to be put into graphic novel form. We, when we started this, we didn't know how successful we were going to be. And it is a risk which people have. You don't know whether you're going to kind of publish uh, like one or two volumes and then find that nobody's actually interested. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to do like a hundred volumes, only to find that by volume 25, people aren't interested and the story dies there. Mm-hmm. So we decided instead to do three graphic novels full story in that even if people weren't overly interested in, we would have the money to kind of put that all together and get the whole story in graphic novel form. And as it is, it's kind of gone the other way. More and more people are interested in it. So it's going the way we hoped it would. Hoskins, there we go. Thank you, Kevin, for the mention. Yes. Hoskins, thank you. Uh, amazing. Uh, before we let you go, just to clarify one thing for anybody who might be interested in checking out the Kickstarter, I believe if you search for Woodland Creatures, both of them will both volumes will come up on mm-hmm. Kickstarter yeah. right now. So you gotta look for Woodland Creatures Volume Two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, very cool. Both of you, thank you Congrats. so much for hopping on I so late. We appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the Kickstarter. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Have Cheers. a good night. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Cheerio, guys. Bye. All right. There we go. Aww. Once again, Woodland Creatures Volume 2. Pete, I'm so excited you're excited about it. That's awesome. Oh, man. It was so great. I was so happy to read that. We didn't talk about this, but uh, there's a fair bit of sensuality in it, which isn't usually your favorite thing. So uh, not my fave, but it's one of those things where I was like, okay, you know, if they want to get into this a little bit, that's not going to completely pull me out of the story. And plus it's tastefully done. It's not too over the top and weird. Yeah. It's a a shoot. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's weird because you kind of like froze, so it's like you censored yourself because you're being creepy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, listen. Let's invite our second uh, creature-themed yeah! <laughs> Kickstarter into the stream. Uh, our next guest is a guy named Steve Arena. He has a book called Slowpokes I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, it is all about killer slaws. They're so slow, but they're still going to get you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Arita, hello. Hey! How are you? Hey, how are you guys doing? All right. Thanks for hopping into the stream. Thanks for joining our uh, definitely on purpose 
animal Kickstarter theme show. We appreciate it. Creature double feature. There you go. Love it. Love, Love the shirt, by the way, bro. Oh, thank you. Go Yankees. Yeah, um, man. Game I one. Let's do this. Is that happening right now? I'm not familiar with sports. Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for taking time out of that. Pete, you had to be here there anyway, so I'm not going to thank you. All right. Uh, but Steve, let's talk about Slowpokes. This is some gory, bloody fun with slaws. That's what right. was the initial idea? Where did it start? So the idea came from a few years ago. I was at work uh, bullshitting with my friends uh, and talking about all these. That's all the best ideas come up that way. Exactly. And uh, we're talking about the sci-fi movies. I think they were doing like the eighth or ninth version of Sharknado or however many (laughs) versions they're doing. And so I was like, oh man, sci-fi, like what what are they going to do next? Like uh, slots that become fast and become killing machines. And I was like, you know what? I think there's something there. Uh, So I've had that idea back pocketed for a while. And then um, last year is when I decided, you know what? I want to write a comic. I've been wanting to write comics for a long time. So I took uh, Andy Schmidt's comics experience and uh, I took their one shot class. And when I was in there, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to do slow pokes. Let's do slow pokes. Let's do the slots. Let's see what people think. And if it's great, you know, I'll continue it. If it's not, it's, it's something fun for me to do. Well, I got so That's where the idea came from. I got to say, like, uh, the it, it's a great idea because, like, I've seen slots and they look exhausted. And it looks like you, <laughs> they just stopped whatever they were doing. You know, and they're just like so wiped. And it's like, what? How could you, you know, so it makes me feel like if they did just go on a murder spree, then they're just kind of like one people. They're like, oh, we're so slow. Don't don't look over here. We're so slow. I feel like if if, uh, life made slots fast, if slots weren't slow, they would probably fuck everybody up. They got long claws. Yeah. They look look super creepy. Yeah. So I feel like you're correct in that assumption. Yeah, I almost thought it was interesting to hear you tell the story because as soon as you saw the concept, and particularly the art, you have these great t-shirts of just a sloth clawing at the screen, blood coming off of it. I was like, all right, they do have terrifying claws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, that poster was made by uh, Vertebrae33, who's an artist based out of the Northeast, and he's awesome, and he did a great job with it. Great. So talk us through this a little bit, this idea of uh, sloths going around and killing people. How, without spoiling too much of the concept or what happens to the book, uh, why? Why why does this happen? So obviously, I mean, not obviously, but uh, so in the in the comic, uh, it's it's based around a scientist named Eden Rare, who owns a lab facility and she basically makes wants to make sloths fast to save the species. So, you know, it'll help up the breeding. It'll ramp up the breeding process and, you know, hopefully help out the species. Well, that goes wrong, obviously. And then everything goes crazy and they start becoming murderous uh, and go on a rampage against all the teenagers. Awesome. Uh, I just want to mention, not to interrupt the conversation here, but over on YouTube, Anthony Latch says, I just backed Slowpokes. So there you go. Comic book club bump. (laughs) The classic comic book club bump happening in real time. Uh, You also, in in our long tradition of having successful Kickstarters on the show, uh, you have 31 days to go, and you've already made more than double the money you need at this point. uh, Yes, congratulations. Uh, But what is that going towards? What what are your scratch goals? What are you looking to do now that you do have these additional funds? Is this something that's going to go specifically towards this issue, or are you looking to expand the Slowpokes franchise? 
I'm going to buy a Maserati. No, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but, could no, you imagine gonna... if you put that on Kickstarter? They're always like, be very upfront with what your costs That's are. Right. And all, this, like... all this sloth money is going towards my wildest dreams. But, uh, <laughs> no. uh, well, it is going toward, towards my wildest dreams, but it's going towards uh, future comic book projects. So this is my first ever, uh, I guess, original comic that I've ever done. So I wanted to take this money and just use it towards building my next project. Um, I would love to do another Slowpokes. I believe another Slowpokes is on the table after after this, but it might not be the, the one directly after it. It might be the one after the next project that I'm thinking about working on. Well, it's a great idea, man. So congrats. I mean, that's just such, such a fun title, and it's really well drawn. It all really clicks nicely. Thank you very much. Um, I've, I appreciate it. Like Everybody did such a great job with it. Um, I hope people like it. Um, I'm try- I was just trying to have as much fun as I possibly can with it because since it's my first one, it's like, why not? Why not have the most fun I can have? And, and just, I hope people have fun with, uh, have fun reading it as well. Well, let me ask you another question then about the title, which I thought was interesting and not undeserved, but, uh, you branded it as Steve arena's slow pokes. Given that this is your first title out of the gate, why throw your name in there? Uh, just for legal reasons. So I, I went oh, through okay. a lawyer to have, um, to, to like copyright everything just to make sure like if I want to use it in the future to do it. So I was like, all right, well, I'll put my name on it just in case Slowpokes can't clear. Steve Uranus Slowpokes will probably have a better chance of clearing than this regular Slowpokes. But luckily, gotcha. yeah, Smart. Just, just, to, just to have it. It's not, it's not like, oh, it's my comic. No, no. Like, <laughs> I, just I just like, like to see my name and things. I just want to see my name on everything. Everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. this is you just, over time, the, your name starts getting bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. Yeah. And <laughs> slow bumps. Yeah. yeah, don't turn uh, But yeah, Trump, just, just more for, for legal reasons. And, um, you know, if people want to pelt garbage at me, if they think this is the worst idea ever, they can come find me. They don't have to blame the artists <laughs> or anybody else that worked on this. Uh, I don't know how comfortable you feel spoiling this, but do you have a favorite sloth kill in the comic book Ooh, that you can tease? I, you know what? I could give you one. So as a kid growing up, um, I'm from New Jersey, and we mm-hmm. had uh, the Gravitron. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Like, in the Oh, movie. yeah. Whenever, oh, yeah. Whenever, yes. whenever there's like a makeshift carnival, there, you always yeah. see the Gravitron. I was like, I got to go on that. So in the comic, the, the Gravitron does make an appearance. And somebody does get blended, basically, with the sloth in there, and like a blender gets cut up. So oh, the art is very brutal, and it's it's awesome. And I, I put it down on paper. I was like, "All right, Gravitron kill. Let's see what let's see where this goes." And the art and one did a, a great job with it. Wow. I love that because that was one of my number one fears in the Gravitron. Not, <laughs> yeah, not the sloth part necessarily. Getting blended, uh, getting blended the, absolutely. Yeah. I would not go on that thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's fun, Pete. You should have done it. Nope. <laughs> so I, I am definitely afraid of rides. And um, last year we went to Disney and I went on Tower of the Terror for the first time uh, I think ever in my life. And um, I got so scared that in the picture, I'll have to send it to you guys at some point. I locked arms with my two best friends. Like I was like they were going to help me not fall. <laughs> but oh. and in, the, in the picture, it's just me going. Ah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh man, they this is also very off topic, but they just announced there's this new Velociraptor Jurassic World ride tying into oh. our first interview here, uh coming to Universal Studios next year. Awesome. And I was just like, that sounds A terrifying to me because <laughs> yeah. I do not like the Velociraptors, but B, just the very idea of like, oh, I want to go to a theme park where there's people. I don't yeah. care, put me on the ride, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Like, even though I'm definitely afraid of rides, like just going 
to feel that atmosphere of everybody walking around and like it's, it's I miss, everybody misses it. Everybody misses how life used to be. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is basically the the longest haunted house ever. The quarantine ride. <laughs> oh, that's that's actually a very True, sweet and pleasant way of putting it. I really like that a lot. <laughs> uh, I I have another question for you here. Uh, this is actually my question based on a comment from YouTube. Sure. Uh, so this guy who pledged uh, said that he pledged the kill option for Kickstarter and went all in on that tier. What's the kill option? So the kill option is uh, the highest tier, and if you pledge. Uh, the highest tier, you will get killed in a future edition of Slowpoke. Oh, wow. that's awesome. So and, that's, and that's the greatest. Make, so in, in the beginning, um, it was a lot of my friends who were doing that. So I was like, okay. And then people outside of my friend world, I was like, all right, I guess there's going to be a Slowpoke too. And my dad, who is uh, Dominican and um, has the accent and all that stuff, he pledged because he was trying to, he didn't, he has no idea what this is. Like, he's just like, what are you talking about? But, uh, he pledged and he backed that option and he didn't realize like what it was. And I go, I can't wait to murder you, dad. And he's oh. Like, oh, Steven, oh, Steven, you're so funny, but I cannot wait to murder him. So it's going to be uh, that's great. Uh, so you have a while left on this Kickstarter at this point. I think there's 31 days at the point that yes. we're taping this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes. 31 uh, days uh, on Thursday, it starts uh Slowpokes month that we're going to do. We're going to kick off Slowpokes month with, uh, we have the Slowpokes official theme song, by singer uh, and best friend of mine, Blake Rains. He sang a song. I posted on our Instagram and Twitter a little sample of it. So Thursday we'll be releasing the full song. Amazing. I can't wait to hear that. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Good luck with the Kickstarter. Sure. Uh, I'll be sure to send you guys a review copy. Uh, Yes. Oh, please do. Yeah, I cannot wait, man. It really looks great. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Take care of yourself. All right, Steve Arena, everybody, once again with Slowpokes. That's on Kickstarter right now for the next month. Uh, It is successful, uh, but there's some great swag. I really did that uh, that shirt. A very nice painting of a sloth attacking somebody. I'd wear. I mean, what a fun idea! You know, just uh, you know, what if sloths were just murderous and crazed animals? It's and then they let them loose. It's it's really fun, over the top stuff. I tell you what, if I ever go to a zoo again, I'm going to think twice about visiting the sloths. Yeah, don't do it, man. Don't do it. I will not do it. All right. You know what I will do, though, is go to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. And for audience questions, you can ask it two ways. Over on YouTube, the tube, as we call it, just drop your question in the comments. If you're over on Crowdcast, I see a bunch of questions already, and ask a question, and we will go through them. They can be about anything. No topic is off limits, whether it's healthcare. We're going to talk about the climate. They're not going to do it on the debates. We're going to talk about climate change. It is real, Pete. What, what am I drinking? drinking? Yeah. Uh, you know, I decided to go like classic this week because I was getting too fancy with my beers. I just got it too hearted. Oh, That's okay. it. Nice. It makes me feel good to have a nice IPA. And honestly, that was the beer that was on tap at the bar near the pit where we used to perform when live shows happen. Oh, man. So it fondly recalls times after shows there. Pioneer, what about you, Pete? I'm, uh, well, all that talk about uh, do readers, you know, I had to go back <laughs> to my V do. Oh, uh, to, uh, so uh, this is a little bit of a pluggy plug, but uh, you folks have been asking when our Umbrella Academy podcast is going to come back, Umbrella Pod Academy, uh, and it is coming back this Thursday. We taped two episodes over the weekend. So we? this thir- uh, I think so. Oh, man. Crazy, right? 
We actually taped three podcasts over the weekend. It was a wild time. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, the penultimate episode is coming back uh, this week. Has a fair amount of talk about do arenas in it. Uh, and then we have the final episode is going to post next week, next Thursday. Um, also, strangely, more talk about do arenas. <laughs> <laughs> but we did this weekend. We talked about do arenas. Nice. Uh, we uh, we got a question here on YouTube. I'll start with this one from Lion Man, or maybe maybe more of a comment. Uh, kind of off topic, but I'm playing the new Avengers game as I'm listening to you guys. I just picked it up for Xbox. I highly recommend it for any Marvel gamers out there. Uh, interesting. Have you? I know you're. We're not much gamers, right. but have you had any interest in checking Justin's out this event? The most gamer of us, hardcore now. gamer. Well, I don't know hardcore. about hardcore, but he games. He's on Fortnite all the time. He was He's there for not... the Travis Scott concert. He was wow. there for another thing. What are you talking about? I don't um, know. He's, he's a Switch guy. He's got the Nintendo Switch. He is. I play Breath of the Wild with my son. All right, I'm a hardcore gamer as well. All right, dude, whatever. I am interested in that Avengers game, though. It looks really good. And it I'm does excited. I After they announced the PS5, my wife works at Sony, and I saw the Miles Morales game, and I was like, hey, you can get us a PS5, right? And she's like, no, I definitely can. And I was like, okay, but what's the discount like? <laughs> Classic selves. What's that discount, though? Yeah, got to get me that discount. Come, Come on. on. Come on. Uh, first question here on Crowdcast from Joe. What's y'all's y'all's feeling on wearing underwear outside the clues? Would you do it if you had the confidence and desire to pull off such a look? Uh, I know this is a reference to an ongoing conversation. <laughs> In our Patreon Slack, uh, I will say first of all, not to sidestep the question, but if I was interested and had the confidence to do it, I'd probably do it, right? Right, right. But let's say, generally speaking, what do you think about underwear outside of clothes? I mean, sometimes on superheroes. Oh, on superheroes, um, right? Well, that changes <laughs> it completely. Um, oh man, if it helps you fight people, go go nuts, man. Whatever. You know, yeah. as long as you're on the the right side, you know, if you're fighting for the good people, if you're, you know, trying to right mm-hmm. wrongs and fight injustice, then fucking wear your underwear however you want. Uh, I will say that I don't know if it's that uh, we've been reading Superman our entire lives. Oh, my God, Pete. Uh, reading Superman our entire lives. What? But what? You just pulled out an enormous bottle of absolute vodka. Yeah. And for those listening on the podcast, Pete chugs it just now, leaving Las Vegas style. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun picture you just painted in my skull. <laughs> uh, but super, we've seen him with his underwear outside the entire time. So when you don't see him that way, it looks weird and off to me. But I don't know if that's because of the design or What's because that? that's what I'm not used to. Did Slack start this because of uh, Scott Snyder posting that picture of him as a kid with his underwear on the outside? No, I think it just has generally to do with, like, the ongoing costumes conversation. Uh, Yeah, Stray Bullet and Joe always argue about it. Well, Stray Um, and Joe like to go back and forth on things. (laughs) Speaking of which, let's get to another question here on the tube from Nelson Martinez. Who wins in a fight, Negan from Walking Dead or Billy Butcher from The Boys? Ooh, a good old-fashioned fight question. I'm going to have to go with Butcher on that. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that, Pete? I feel like he's harder than Negan. He is. He would definitely have more planning, but I don't know. Like, pure strength, if it was just plop them in a place and they go head-to-head, particularly if, like, Negan has Lucille, 
I don't know. Maybe Negan could take it, I think. I don't know, man. Like, Butcher's going up against soups. You know what I mean? Negs is just battling slow-ass zombies. I'm not I, that... I will say, and this is a total coincidence, but uh, I'm wearing... Ooh, look at that. I'm wearing my Negan shirt today, actually. Oh, and my yeah. baseball shirt, of course, because of the uh, Yankees. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, great, but good question there. Uh, that definitely would be a close one. Uh, this is from Kevin. Since tonight we've had sloths and wolves, what are favorite animals in comics? Specific characters, not species. Huh. So you couldn't say two owls fucking, right? You probably couldn't say that. It doesn't fit the criteria. Again, these are uh, children's Harry Potter owls behind Well, me. then why you got one fuck and the others out? <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're it's in love, man. They're in love. We're trying to do a show. Come on. Come on. What hobbies? I'll say frog. It's hard to be serious with you when you got that going on in the background. Come on. Also, Harvey Dent is there. He's just watching them fuck. He's watching them fuck. (laughs) Just like in the comics. He's like, goddamn court of owls. They're always fucking each other. Uh, Frog Thor. That's my first thought. I love Frog Thor. That's just a fun character. Good old Throg. What about you, Pete? Uh, Black Panther? (laughs) That's He's not an animal. Yeah, kind of is a little bit, though. No, he's not, though. Uh, Okay. What about Lockjaw? You like Lockjaw? I like Lockjaw. Lockjaw is one of my favorites. I I love any type of, I mean, most animal. Crypto wasn't my favorite, but like... Most any uh, dog that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a sidekick. I mean, talk about the Batman stuff. Bat-Cow is pretty fun. Yeah, Batman's dog. There was that one emotional episode where it got y'all teared up about his dog. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say my favorite kind of animal, uh, speaking of wolves, is Timber from G.I. Joe. Oh, Snake okay. Eyes wolf. Not the Kesha song. No, okay. not the Kesha song. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Uh, question, school, <laughs> uh, question here from uh, the tube. Uh, first of all, Agitato asked, did somebody say there's going to be a PS5 giveaway? The answer is no. I'm sorry. No, uh, he wife even married somebody to try to get a free PS5. And it didn't work. So no yeah, giveaways I, here, sir. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to watch the debates and then I'm going to sign the divorce papers. Uh, <laughs> Ramsey Hassan says, huge fan of the boys show, but do you guys think it's low-key sexist that Homelander's sociopathic evil is being discussed as less bad as Stormfront's calculated bigotry? I hope he isn't redeemed via her. Uh, this is a good question. That the, If you haven't been watching the second season, uh, spoilers, but they've been dealing with pretty heavily. What's your take on it, Pete? Well, I mean, that's that would really suck if that happened. I mean, it's uh, racism is fucking shitty and like Homelander associating himself with this kind of like Aryan bullshit when he's already kind of a crazy bad person uh, is worse on worse. I hope it's not some kind of uh, way back. Uh, I, I, I don't want to. It's just awful. I don't like any of it. We've talked about this a lot on the Boys podcast. Let's hear it for the boys. Now on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, and the app of your choice. But I do think they've done a good job of explaining Homelander's behavior without 
excusing it necessarily. Like they, they've taken you into his psyche. You understand why he is the way he is. There are even times when you feel bad for him, but he's certainly not redeemed. There's no coming back from the things that he has done on the show. And I, again, I think they've been doing a very nuanced job, like Ramsey points to here, in showing the difference between Stormfront's racism, which is based in Nazism, versus he, home, uh, Homelander's evil, which is based in him being a sociopath. Like, they're two different sources. One isn't necessarily worse or better than the other. They're just different. And I, I think that's a very smart thing to do. You know, normally shows are like, evil is evil and good is good. And sometimes there's gray. And, you know, the villain will be like, we're the same, you and I. But here they're showing us two very different sides and two very different angles on evil, uh, while not necessarily saying one is bad and one is good, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but good question. Uh, and good season of the show so far. Uh, this is from Pablo D. Martinez. What's your favorite comic book featuring werewolves and why? Obviously, Superman and Batman versus vampires and werewolves. One of our favorites here on the show that we talk oh, about oh all God. the time. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a, a, a sucker for any time there's werewolves involved. But um, I'm trying to think of anything... <laughs> I'm really not coming up with anything that has like, that's been like, Oh man, that was a great werewolf tale. The only werewolf I'm thinking about right now is the werewolf from nightmare before Christmas for whatever reason. And that's not a comic book. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'll tell you, uh, Ben, the border color says a sender has werewolves. I think, I think probably they have most fantasy creatures of that book. Uh, Joe says, Colonel John Jameson. I'll tell you what, never been really into that. They never really worked for me, having Spider-Man go up against a werewolf. I'm going to say Fables. Mmm. Ooh, yeah, Big B. That's a good one. I like that. I'm going to steal that answer, too. Uh, This is uh, Lion Man over on the tube. Pandemic question. Do you guys wear any cool masks? I got a cool Captain America mask that's all black with a shield on the front. I got another one with the death of Superman symbol on it. Oh, that's hardcore. Yeah, that's fucking cool. That's badass. What about you, Pete? Got any cool masks? uh, When I got the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, Punisher shirt. Uh, it came with a cool Black Lives Matter. Uh, what is the Black Lives Matter Punisher shirt? Well, uh, the guy uh, who created Jerry uh, was trying to take back the Punisher symbol ah, because it's used okay. so much by cops and other people who are out there doing bad that he was trying to be like, hey, 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 let's kind of, um, you know, take this back a little bit and not have it associated with those kinds of things. So. He was putting, you know, uh, had different artists put Black Lives Matter art uh, with the Punisher symbol. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, I haven't got any cool ones uh, yet. There's a store a couple of blocks away from me that has a bunch of comic book ones, like a Spider-Man mask and other things. I keep thinking about getting them, but I have a lot of masks at this point, so I don't know if I need another one. But I don't know. We'll, We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get like a Joker smile or something like that. Also, there's a weird part of me that's like, oh, it's going to end soon. I don't want to spend money. Right? But Ugh. it's not. Uh, <laughs> fuck me. Uh, from I Wonder Woman, I wonder why do real world critics of Batman treat him as if he's a billionaire that exists in the real world instead of the fantasy world in which billionaires are not all objectively terrible? 
Well, I think people relate to things and try to put things in the real world. And, you know, their kind of saying is that he beats up, uh, you know, uh, people who are criminals because they're living in Gotham and just trying to make a living or whatever. And it seems like an abuse of power, which is happening right now. And people are kind of upset. So I understand why they're doing that. But I also understand why someone would be like, hey, this is a comic book and not real life. So slow your roll. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a constant thing with everything comic books that everybody has their own line about everything where it's like everybody reaches a point at some point where they're like, chill the fuck out. It's a comic book, you know, but everybody has a very different bar for that. And for some people, it's Batman as a billionaire when they want to argue about stuff. For some people, it's like Superman shoots laser out of his eyes. What are you getting so upset about? Um and for some people, it's like Punisher couldn't, you know, wander around, shoot people with impunity all the time. So, again, we all have our own levels with that stuff. And I think people try to be funny or cute or, you know, super smart with the Batman billionaire stuff. And it doesn't always work out because to the point, um, it's a comic book, you know, yeah. <laughs> he he's not even actually a billionaire. He is a guy with an unlimited amount of money. You know, yeah. he is beyond that. So, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and there's no yeah. way, like the amount of nights that he's out, there's no way he could help run a business and also fight crime every night. I mean, there's just exactly be bleeding money. This is my problem with kings in comic books, like Doctor Doom and Black Panther. They got a lot of stuff to do. A lot of stuff. How do they have all this free time? You know. A uh, question here from YouTube. Agitato says, "Have we worked in a sucking on a cheesesteak soundbite uh, yet?" Come on, no way somebody said that. I 100% guarantee Agitato no. said that over on YouTube. Have we worked that in yet, Pete? No. No, we haven't. Okay. And we shouldn't fall for such blatant pandering to the base, right? Hit the fucking button, you asshole. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Let's go on to the next question, all right? The next question is... Sucking on a yeah, cheese steak. I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. You can feel it. You can feel it in your bones. Even John George did. <laughs> John did. Oh boy. Uh, ben the Border Carly says, Marry, fuck, kill CBC edition. Well, I'm definitely not going to oh. kill myself. What are we referring to here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll throw that one out just to the comments. You guys can argue about Marry, fuck, kill. Uh, with me, and, uh, Pete, and Justin. It really depends on what you're into. What's nice is it's three different personalities. So you know you're gonna you're gonna walk away happy. Yeah, Pete, I would kill you and then fuck you and then bury you. Oh <laughs> uh, here we go Man. from Pablo again. Uh, have you, you guys put a ring oh. on it first? <laughs> you're already married to Justin. You're Jedi married. Oh, uh, right. You get. Have you guys read Elf Quest? A classic comic about elves and wolves and monsters. Yes, we have. Great. Next question. <laughs> we liked ElfQuest. Wait, was it just me? Have you read ElfQuest? No, I actually haven't read. ElfQuest is one of those ones that I always saw. Uh, As a kid, I remember reading. Yeah, I always saw it in stores, and I always saw ads for it in Marvel Comics, and I was like, what is this? Oh, what? You're going to be all judgy of ElfQuest? I just didn't understand. I was like, I've read Lord of the Rings. What's going on a quest? What's to understand? I guess. I don't know. It never really it never really got me. Maybe it's great. You've got Maybe weird lines in the sand, man. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, this is another one from uh, Oh Anthony Latch. Are both of Harvey's faces watching the owl loving? This is uh, Har- Harvey Bullock. It's not Harvey Dent. Yeah, it's Harvey Bullock. They're Bullock. two different Harveys. So just his one face, and it's actually Harvey Bullock from Gotham. You should Brooklyn. maybe before next show, you know, maybe separate those two a little bit, you know, because it's hard not to look. I'll tell you what, one of them has a very deep hole, and I'm oh. not going to explain that any further. Oh my God. <laughs> You're the worst. Uh, from Nick Kelly, how do you feel about Matt Wagner's main series? What are some of your favorite, more autobiographical comics? Um, I'll tell you, I'm I... sorry, with your accent, I couldn't understand what you say. Did you say mage? My accent? Yeah, you were You were like, his mage series. I don't know what happened. You kind of just... Oh, okay. Yes, mage. Oh, okay, cool. Not midge. Midge. Mage. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I kind of missed Mage originally, but I read the sequel series that he recently did, uh, which was great. I thought it was really good. Uh, Pete, what do you think about Mage? I haven't checked out Mage, I don't think. Um, oh, no, we, we reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. It yeah is. We read several of the recent issues. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I like that. I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, Grendel was my favorite uh, thing that he's done. Yeah, that was good stuff. And for autobiographical oh, also, comics. Uh, Mask of Zorro is really great that he mm. did as well. I really like uh, for autobiographical comics, I'll bring up the stuff that I always bring up on the show, but Box Office Poison by Alex Robinson, which is not autobiographical, but it's close enough, uh, and Can't Get Now by Rick Veitch, which, again, not exactly autobiographical, but uh, channels the feelings of New York after 9-11 in a really specific way. Uh, those are two very realistic comics that really have stuck with me. What about you, Pete? I mean, uh, Too Cool to Be Forgotten is mm. uh, Alex mm-hmm. Robinson's... Uh, favorite of mine and always gets me choked up uh yeah what's nice is usually when it's autobiographical there's a lot of heart in it uh it's usually pretty touching um yeah i uh, you know there's a lot of great stuff out there uh yeah a couple of comments uh this is you know we said we weren't going to do debate stuff well, we said we were going to do debate stuff, and uh, let's keep talking about this pandemic. Lineman says, I just listened to the newest Science Rules with Bill Nye, the science guy, as the host, and he had on an epidemiologist uh, who said that you will be wearing your mask all into next year. Even after the vaccine, they say that you will still be able to infect someone else from the virus being in your nose, even though you have an immune response. So get a cool mask, I guess. Uh, that sounds okay. about right to me, I think, just to keep all right. safe. All right. right. I guess I'll have to... Uh... Get a cool mask. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you can get a Taskmaster mask and just like a, like a skeleton man. Mike Beneke says, what zoo animals do you fear worst if they get organized in a bloodthirsty manner? Ooh, good question. What zoo animals Are you just I'm sorry, I'm mentally, yeah, I'm mentally walking around the zoo right now. I'm like, okay, okay. giraffe, no. Okay, I'll, I'll throw one out at you. Do you have you ever seen the tree mice? That it's like you go over to the tank. It's usually a tank, not like a cage. And there's like a little bush. It looks like wheat. And when you look closer, you realize it's full of tiny mice. Oh God! Yeah, it's kind of horrifying, but fascinating. But I feel like if they organized, that would be bad. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Polar bear would be pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of scary shit, man. You know, yeah. I can't really go in those, like, snake caves. 
fuck that. <laughs> at the zoo or just yeah, general? at the zoo. Like they go, okay. they're like, oh, go to this dark area where we got some glass and it's mm-hmm. very poorly lit. I'll tell you, we got uh, tickets because you have to get uh, time tickets now to go to the zoo on Saturday. And um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to go inside or anything like that, but certainly like I feel like it would be extra scary right now because you don't know who would be standing next to you in the dark like that. Dude, I don't know why you would go to a zoo after the conversations we've been having. I'm trying to organize the tree mice. I think I explained that pretty clearly. All right. Well, good luck, man. I hope you don't die. Thanks. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, if uh, you die, though, I'm going to say at your funeral, that was some dumb idea to do that. <laughs> yes. Beercat PhD points out I am the leader of the tree mice. This is correct. Uh, and first add up guy adds tree mice or Antifa. Uh, that's also correct. Uh, we have a great amount also, of funding. As you kind of look like the leader. So, Oh, thank you. Yosin Hernandez says, what slow moving creature would you rather be brutally slaughtered by? This is getting very dark in here. <laughs> Slow moving creature. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I know I, I think keep my, plugging it. Oh, uh, go ahead, Pete. My nightmare would be turtles because I love turtles and I think mm. they're amazing. So, like, if I died by t- a slow moving turtle, I think that mm-hmm. would be like the worst. I had a turtle when I was growing up. His name was Jeremy, which I know is not a very good name for a turtle. No, um, it's a, Jeremy thank hated me. That. Absolutely hated me. And whenever I would try to clean his shell, because they got a lot of algae out of his shell, he would just bite my fingers constantly. <laughs> Every single time. Oh, good for you, Jeremy. <laughs> I gave Jeremy away. There oh, you I go. You did. Uh, great question here from First Hand Up Guy. What did you do to Jeremy? What did I do? Oh, I actually I gave uh, Jeremy away to a local science museum. Uh, there was an outdoor. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the exact name of it, but near there there was a science preserve. Like they had places for animals, uh, and they had a science museum. I went through a camp there a couple of times, uh, and I came back a year later. And I don't know if people know this, but turtles actually grow to the size of their enclosure. So this won't help with the audio podcast. But originally, Jeremy was probably about like eight inches long or something like that. When I came back and visited him, he was near a little pond a year later and he was probably about two to three feet long. It was insane. Was he still a dick to you? He bit my whole hand off. (laughs) Jeremy's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, First hand up guy wants to know, could Alex please list his 10 favorite baseball teams? I'll tell you not. I only need one. The Mets. Oh, come on. Mets. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Of course Come on fan. down and meet the Mets. Why are you a Mets fan? You're not you don't live in Queens. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I uh Mets has been the only team of anything that I uh, not religiously follow, but ever followed with any consistency because when I was growing up, a friend of mine named Josh, his dad had season tickets to the Mets. Okay. So I'd hang out to jo- Josh, and we would go see the Mets all the time. And I had a great time doing what it. What was your favorite thing to eat at the ballpark? Pizza rolls. <laughs> 100%. I love it. Not even a pun. Pizza rolls. No, I, I went to uh, Wegmans. And they had pizza rolls there, and it was like the pizza rolls with tiny little chunks of pepperoni in it. And for anybody wondering, these aren't like Totina's 
Totino's little nugget Those, things. Yeah. These are like an egg roll that's full of cheese and sauce and like tiny little checks of pepperoni. And I ate uh, the pizza roll at Wegmans because I saw it and I just was transported oh, yeah. back Wegmans in time. Things. It was the best thing. Wegmans is glorious. But yeah, I haven't followed them in a while, but I legitimately, I know I make fun of sports, but I legitimately like followed the bets pretty much mostly through college and then a bit after college before I got onto other things. Uh, wow. So there you go. Real answer. Uh, this is from uh, <laughs> Agitato says, just reading a couple of other comments here. Uh, Anthony Latch says, I went to college with Jeremy the Turtle, and he told me about this asshole named Alex that you... <laughs> Uh, Agitator says, my baby son bites my fingers all the time. Makes me wonder if my wife was cheating on me with a turtle now. Uh, gotta look into that, man. Uh, Nelson Martinez, out of any events you can go to, which are the ones you guys are doing first? I can't wait to safely go to a theater again. I've seen this going around a lot on Twitter as well. Like, everything was lifted. It's totally safe. Tomorrow, what's the first thing you do? I'm going to a bar. Yeah? Oh. Get this yourself a get yourself a, a real now. artisanal Mountain Dew and vodka. Oh, I just want to get drunk at a bar again. Sorry, my mic drop. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. What's your, what's uh, I was so excited, my mic dropped. Uh, movie theater for me. I yeah. I am definitely never going to a movie theater until it's one hundred percent safe. But man, uh, that would be great. That would be very nice. Uh, Joe says, wrestling show? Uh, we talked about this, I think, last week, but the three of us, including Justin, went to a wrestling show like uh, slightly too far into the pandemic, yep. which is very weird. A little bit. And it was just a yeah, little, little too much. Uh, here we go. A couple more questions here uh, from Hollywood Homer. Favorite movie or TV series comic book? Ooh. So favorite movie or TV series comic book? I will say... Old school Star Wars from Marvel. I think the new ones are great as well, but there was something about the old ones that were like coming out at the same time of the movies. I always remember how they just segued really nicely into and then out of, I think it was Empire Strikes Back that I just thought was so cool. What about you, Pete? I mean, there's a ton of great, like, T- uh, like G.I. Joe has been phenomenal. Um, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff lately has been phenomenal. Uh, the Rick and Morty comics are great. There's a ton of great, like, TV show stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other ones, but, yeah, I mean, I like the old school stuff. Yeah, there was also this old, I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before, but there was this old crawl adaptation that I used to read over and over. And then I tried watching the movie one time and I was like, this is boring. (laughs) Went back to reading the comic book. (laughs) I read that. I watched the movie first. It was not boring. It was a Cyclops in there that was unbelievable. Well, it's one of those movies like. With all the blades on it. Come on. It has the 80s pacing to it where it's just a little too slow. And there's something about that that just gives me a headache when I'm watching it. It's just the anticipation of like, go a little bit faster. What are you doing? Where the comic book, I could read uh, very quickly. Go at my own pace. There you go. Uh, Here we go from Jay Sinison. Based on the Tatiana Maslany discussion last week, are there any characters that you think would benefit from having a strong comedic actor playing them. Mm-mm. Well, there's a, a <laughs> lot. I mean, 
John Favreau proved that like bringing comedy to Marvel is the way to kind of go. And Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of like great choices that kind of brought out the natural comedy and characters. I mean, Chris Pratt's version of Starman is great. Star Lord. Um, Sorry, Star Lord. Yeah. It's all right. It's your first time reading comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading that what first hand upside guy said about Justin would say adventure time. And then I was trying to talk at the same time. Um, gotcha. But anyways, yeah, I think, um, I mean, Paul Rudd killed it with Ant-Man in a way that I didn't see coming. Um, yeah, I do think a lot of accomplished comedic actors can do drama in a way that weirdly, when you think about it, I don't think it's specifically tied to Marvel movies, but around 10 years ago, I don't think people accepted that or understood that. Like they didn't see that in the same way where there's very much this divide. And now it feels like probably because TV and movies have become a murky divide as well. There's been a lot of moving back and forth. Um, Robin Williams, destroyed it as a dramatic actor. Totally. It happened before, but there was always this like comedy is a ghetto drama is the real thing that you got to yeah. do. And now there's so much more fluidity there. I'm thinking about, I don't know if anybody's watched the new uh, season of Fargo, but like Chris rock on there, he's not funny at all. He's very serious on that show uh, and he's doing a great job. So, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I, I'm sort of forgetting the original question here at this point. Um, but I think almost anything would benefit from having a strong comedic actor play them because you get that sense of timing. You timing. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> timing. <laughs> what? I was agreeing with you. Yes. And no, it was funny. So fuck you. <laughs> uh, another question here from well, YouTube. The uh, first stand up guy brought this thing uh, that I want to kind of talk about. He was like, you know, Alex and Pete uh, fighting over where to sit in a movie theater. And I just wanted to say that shit drives me nuts so much so that when Justin wanted to uh, see a movie with me on my birthday, I was like, why don't we go see separate movies so -hmm. we can enjoy the movie how we want to, because where you sit, whether you go when it's packed for a certain movie theater or you want to be by yourself and enjoy something, that shit's very important to me in the movie theater because I don't want to be there. I want to be in the movie. I want to be lost in the movie. So like that shit is way too important to me. Uh, Another question here on YouTube from Ramsey Hassan. What development in comics do you think would have surprised the pulp secret era comic book club about today? Or was it inevitable? LOL. Um, I mean, uh, this sounds probably kind of crazy to say, but on the similar discussion to what we were just talking about, just how mainstream nerd culture has become and how much it's one, not necessarily in a good way across the board, but like we talk about all the time that when I called you and Justin out on having Midtown comics bags, there was a certain embarrassment to that. Yeah. We both reacted in the same way. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And even, you know, totally. But even when we were doing the pulp secret shows, it was the same sort of thing where it was like this very, it was it was blowing up pretty quickly, but like it was at the be- you know to use a timeline of like The Walking Dead, that's a decade old at this point. And I remember, I don't know if this was a specific moment where I was like, "All oh, right, this is mainstream now." But going to San Diego Comic Con and seeing a massive party for The Walking Dead that had taken over an entire huge enormous block wide parking lot with just flashing lights and everybody wanted to get in. 
it was like, well, this is, this is mainstream now. This is, this is what this is. Like this would not have happened 10 years prior and it's wild. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, you know, in school I got beat up for being a nerd, you know, and shunned for the things that I liked. So it's like, crazy to me when you when it's so in the light and so mainstream that it's just kind of blows my mind i would yeah. if i and we time still to, bully you all the time on the show too so yeah it's a not much has of, changed yeah yeah it's a different kind of bullying yeah i uh, can't outlive it or i'll <laughs> run it i guess even doing a nerdy show isn't enough for you fucks uh, a couple of more questions here, and then we can start to wrap this up. From Pablo de Martinez, Marvel has pushed back their movie slate to next year to almost the exact release dates uh, that were supposed to be this year. Are you guys bummed by that latest development? I mean, I feel like the way that he phrased it, it's kind of like we get a uh, skip year, right? Like we yeah, get a year. this year doesn't count. Um, right. No, it, yeah, of course, it's, it's very... Uh, very upsetting and it sucks, but it, as Zalbin was saying, it's, I don't want to gamble my life to go see a movie uh, as much as I do want to see Wonder Woman, uh, the new Wonder Woman movie. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to die seeing Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, I mean, not to be glib about it or anything, but as bummed as I am that I have not seen New Mutants because it was only in theaters. Oh, yeah, which you was like, I, I, that is a movie I've been waiting my entire life to see. I haven't been able to see it yet. Uh, that feeling of not being able to see it is not worse than 205,000 people dying. You know, that that is a worse thing. So I'm okay, to your point, Pete, of all of the slate, move it back, cancel movies for the year, cancel TV, stop shooting things, close everything down, do whatever you can to shut down this virus because I would like to go back to living my life again. Yes. That is it. Uh, there you go. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, this is from Edward Doherty. Considering each author's respective libraries and the cultural values demonstrated by each, do you believe that Neil Gaiman and Garth Ennis would enjoy each other's company? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I would think so. On a writer's acknowledging great writers kind of thing, like you would like to think if they were in a room, they could really talk each other's ear off or share stories. Um, but yeah, I mean, having talked with Garth Ennis, uh, he's a tough cookie. Like you have to kind of prove your chops to be able to kind of talk with him a little bit. Um, so he is a little bit kind of like guarded in that way. So I don't know if that would kind of, uh, make Neil Gaiman feel a little bit off-putted or whatever, but um, you, I would like to think the two of them in a room, uh, they would be drunk and laughing and having a great time. Yeah, I mean, nothing, this is 100% nothing against you, Pete, but you're coming to it from the perspective of you were a press person in that situation. I think it was at New York Comic Con, right, where you interviewed yeah. him? Uh, so he's already going to be kind of guarded. He just to pull back the curtain a little bit, clearly does not like giving interviews and is very sparse about the interviews that he gives and the amount of time he gives for the interviews. So I think that's a very different situation than Neil Gaiman and Garth Ennis, who are two comic pros, both uh, from the UK, I believe, who have been around for a really, really long time. They have stuff in common, you know, they could share trade secrets and I think they'd be able to talk and chat and it would just be, be just fine, would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, I... 
if you know if I was a writer and had to do stuff and people kept asking me the same question over and over again, sure, I would be maybe a little prickly. I'm just saying that like maybe that's also a little bit of he's a little standoffish. So I was just you know if I'm in a room with him, it might be he's not he's just shy. He's just shy, man. Okay, all right, all right, yeah. Uh, here we go from uh, Miguel Angel Carhua. Sorry if I mangled your name over on YouTube. Could DC or Marvel have a streaming comic service? I was thinking maybe the new issues are available in a seven-day window, so if you like it, buy the hardcover. Um, great question. Uh, for those who don't know, this news came out recently. Uh, Marvel has their unlimited service, which uh, does thing, I believe, on a six-month schedule, so they come six months later. Uh, and DC Universe, as of, I want to say, January 21st, is switching over to a new service called DC Universe Infinite, which has none of the TV and movie stuff, but is going to be basically the same sort of thing, but for DC Comics. Uh, right now, their window is a year later they put the comics up, and then they're going to shorten it to six months. But, man, I think, I know there's all these issues with brick-and-mortar stores, uh, and I know Archie, for example, was the first one out of the gate recently. Uh, they uh, teamed up with Comixology Unlimited, and now they're doing day and date. So their books are coming out on Comixology Unlimited for quote-unquote free on the same day that they come out in stores. I wish the services would just go for it. Like, I don't think it's going to ultimately hurt anybody. There's been no data, as far as I've seen, to prove that having comics sold digitally actually hurts the stores. So I wish, particularly if you're going to pay like $6.99 or $7.99 or whatever it is for Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite, just do it day and date. Just put the stuff out. It's going to get people excited about it. If they really like it, they'll pick up the trades. They'll pick up uh, back issues of things. The stores will just be fine, and they're a niche service anyway. You know, what, what's your take on it, Pete? I don't. I don't know. Like I, I don't want to hurt comic book shops. Uh, I, they're already so in trouble right now. I just they're they're some of the greatest places to go to. Um, I can't wait to be able to go into a comic book shop again. Uh, I've had so many great conversations in comic book shops. It's just uh, such a fun place to be that um, I can understand them being guarded and wanting to protect that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. I feel like it's kind of going in that direction anyway. Um, This is, let's see... Uh, Mike Badeke says DC Universe Infinite will get digital first earlier. That's true. Things that would be going digitally will go on there. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's going that way anyway. Uh, Hollywood Homer says, will you guys start polls for the shows here on Crowdcast? I'm not quite sure what that means. Pete, do you know what that means? Well, I think he's saying, like, if a question comes up, maybe you create a poll, get Mm. uh, feedback. Um, Sure. Yes. Yeah. There you cool. go. And we got uh, two last questions here. Uh, first hand up guy. I'm not terribly careful with the comics these days, but it's humid here in Brooklyn. What are obsessive people doing to keep their single issues in good condition? It's called air conditioning and uh, people fucking <laughs> do it. So the comic books have to stay at a certain, I believe it's 72 degrees uh, so that, uh, you know, they don't start sweating in the bags. Yeah, uh, sweating in the bags, uh, so they don't start sweating in a bag, and also sucking on a cheesesteak. Pete, 
your fucking pander artist. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention a good follow-up comment here from Miguel. Uh, maybe the market could grow. I live in Peru. And getting comics, it takes time, but a streaming service, I assume, uh, could reach more countries. Uh, I think that's a very good point. Um, that is something, particularly because DC Universe Infinite is going an international, I believe, pretty quickly. Um, that would be a great thing to see. Uh, there we go. And last thing from Hollywood Homer, did you all ever read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing? <laughs> we'll cut uh, off this part of the podcast uh, yeah, for yeah. embarrassment hey, Two models are fucking behind you. Why don't you change that out, buddy? Come on. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you, that's one of the things that's like on my list. I read through all of uh, Sandman, which I was like, oh, shit, I never read all of Sandman. That's crazy. Uh, And I was going to go into uh, reading Lucifer, which I've also, it turns out, never really read. Uh, But then I started reading uh, bookie books. Wow. (laughs) So so that's what I'm doing right now. Fucking turncoat. Sorry, man. I don't like kid stuff, you know? Fuck you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Alan Moore Swamp Thing, you're absolutely right. Uh, I have, however, seen Swamp Thing on DC Universe coming to the CW on October 6th. Wow. Nice little plug at the end there. No you problem. DC? And, what? Do you work for DC now, you sell out? I get a, I get a nickel every time something goes well for them. Okay. All right, folks. We're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to put it over Pete LePage. Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, he was ready. There we go. Should we invite him in? We should. All right, here we go. I'll have a clue for his his secret quiz. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens. We're inviting Kevin in here for trivia. Should take him a second. There he is. Hello. Hey. Oh, my God. Oh, that's terrifying. What are you doing, Kevin? Kevin's got a sloth. Oh, God. That's so creepy. How did he know? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what. This is legitimately terrifying, Kevin. For those of you listening to the audio podcast, uh, Kevin has a sloth puppet. It is the only thing on screen right now. Wow. I'm, uh, my heart is beating a little Kevin bit faster. Is now a sloth. I don't know. You know what I mean? Unclear. 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 Right, exactly what's happening. I killed him. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. This is creepy and well, this is well put together. Alex, I'm surprised you didn't plan this ahead of time. All right. Uh, so, Mr. Sloth Kevin, uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news. Uh-oh. I'm going to read you a question. Listen to all three possible answers. Get all three questions right, and you will win a $25 Midtown Comics online gift card. All right, here we Fantastic. go. Fantastic. Oh, boy. It's a real sloth. All right. Talking slow and everything. All right, question number one. What comic book character is getting a podcast on Spotify called Blank Unburied? Is it A, Grundy Unburied, B, Batman Unburied, or is it C, Tom Arnold? So it's either A or it's B, Sloth. I'll go B. B is correct, Sloth. It's going to take a while to get this done. All right. Question number two. Who is starring in her own comic that also raises money for charity? Is it A, Julia Roberts? 
B, Gillian Anderson, or C, Julianne Moore. So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B. I'll go B again. Yes, B is correct. All right, last one. My best friends are B's. (laughs) Fun fact. All right, here we go. Last one. Which NFL uh, vet is attacking systematic racism with a sci-fi comic called Blank? Is it A, Fuck That Racist, B, The Trap, or C, Jeff Goldblum? So it's either A or it's B. B again. I'll go for another B. Yeah, nice Woo! job, Kevin Sloth. Uh, and Kevin the Sloth, I don't know. Was correct. It's nine months. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there nine we go. Months. All right, congratulations, uh, Sloth, who killed Kevin. You have gotten a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. I don't like them. I don't like them anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, Shoot us an email there, and you're going to get a $25 gift card. Uh, please bring Kevin back to us. Uh, Bye-bye, Sloth. Bye, Sloth. We miss you, Kev. Oh, I can't believe Kevin is Kevin's dead. dead. Yeah. Man. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, he was a hardcore fan. I mean, he's been with us for a long time. It's really sad. Well, but I'm excited about the sloth, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> as we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day. Go wherever is safe. That's all I'm saying. But Pete, what are you looking forward to? What's your big pick? Um, well, there's a couple. First off, I was very excited to see that Ice Cream Man number 20 is on its third printing. That makes me very excited. Um but uh, Boys, Dear Becky, number five, I'm excited about. And Shang-Chi, number one. Very oh, exciting. yeah. Uh, that's by Gene Lun Yang, who we had on the show a while ago. Yep. Um, I'm excited about The Department of Truth, number one, from Image Comics by James Tyner IV. Tons of hype on this book. Huge hype. Without spoiling anything from our Stack podcast uh, that's coming out tomorrow at 9 a.m. in the Comic Book Club feed and also the Stack feed. I'm going to say that hype was worth it, uh, and we'll probably talk about it more, as well as Shang-Chi and a bunch more titles. And folks, I think, unless I'm wrong, that is it for our show. Yep. There we go. Uh, thank you all for coming well, out tonight. We'll be we, back next week. Yeah, uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate uh, all of you for listening. We also appreciate our amazing guests. We want to thank Christina Roswell and Ellen McLeod from Woodland Creatures for coming on. Check out their Kickstarter in the next couple of hours, unless you're listening to this days later. In which case, don't check it out. It's done. Whoa. Steve Arita from Slowpokes as well. Check out his Kickstarter running throughout October. And a plug for next week's pack show with a pair, two pairs of creators. We got Ali Keller and Jim Fagan from Zero Issue are going to be here, as well as Omer Spahi and Cena Grace from Getting It Together are going to be here. Um, maybe we'll sneak in a couple of questions about Ghosted in LA, which we really enjoyed as well for Cena Grace. 
uh, and maybe some Jughead in Time stuff. We'll see what happens. Also to plug, let's hear it for the boys. Our boys podcast is rounding up the end of season two, so definitely check that out. Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast, as mentioned, is coming back this week, and we're going to be running straight through, hopefully, season two, so stay tuned for that. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show and the other shows that we do, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next week, bye-bye, everybody. Bye. We support healthcare and believe in climate change. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.